Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourselves. This spooky season, The Other Stories presents a series of specially cooked up Halloween tales of a new episode every day in the week leading up to October the 31st. Join British horror icon Emily Booth, face of the horror channel, as she hosts the Halloween horrors of Old Mill Lane. One of our most ambitious audio productions to date, with stories from Andy Conduit Turner, Mike Garley, Jasmine Arch, John Criddon, and Ben Errington. Starting on Sunday, the 25th of October, the episodes will premiere on Facebook and YouTube at 9 pm and appear on the podcast feeds shortly after. Today's episode is Crab Bucket, written by CJ Bubbles and narrated by Erica Ventura. If you've ever met someone from a small seaside fishing town, they'll tell you it's the dullest place in the world. They'll tell you it's nothing but a tourist trap, and they're not wrong. But it's more of a trap for us who live there. You ever seen a crab bucket? A bucket full of crabs, I mean. It's a sight to see. You don't need to put a lid on or nothing. As soon as one crab stretches up for freedom, the others will grab at her legs and pull her down. My crab bucket is the town of Bakersburn. And here in Bakersburn, there are three options. 
help run the family business, get really into drugs, or get out. I managed to dodge option two, but I'm still stuck with number one. So every morning at six, I take the staller out with Ma to check our crab traps. The staller is what we call our rusted old motorboat. I'm sure I don't need to explain why. Every morning, before my alarm's even gone, I wake up to Ma yelling at me for sleeping in. If you want more sleep, maybe you should try coming home at a damn reasonable time. Honestly, you make me want to run my head into a wall. The crabs ain't going anywhere, Ma. Pops works the business side of things, making sure we get a fair deal with the local shops and working the booth we've got in town. Ma and I take care of the crabbing, fishing, and prepping. Our dog King runs the booths with Pops. King's a nine-year-old mutt, old enough to sleep all day long and to have a busted-in nose for trying to pinch too many fish. That was Pops doing. His philosophy was that a swift knuckle was enough to keep others in line, me and Ma included. He never made a show of it. Rarely swung twice. But we'd all learn lessons. King learned to be sneakier. Ma learned to swing back. And I learned to stay out. I've never been a particularly good sleeper anyway. Ma used to tell me I refused to take naps when I was young. Said I would run myself to exhaustion and then throw a tantrum. We don't make small talk like that anymore. I'm still waiting for her to apologize and she's waiting for me to no longer be trans. She stopped using my dead name but still can't bring herself to say my chosen name. Michaela. My name's Michaela. And the town of Bakersburn and all the people in it can go fuck themselves. So I take a lot of walks at night. A spring night is best, before mosquito season has begun. And on a spring night, the 1st of May, I got my chance to get out. Before that night, I knew two things about fog. It was a type of weather and Scooby-Doo could cut it out of air and eat it like a donut. But that night I saw real fog, the kind where a flashlight is useless and the ocean disappears except for the sounds of waves. I went out because Mom and Pops were screaming their dicks off with the same argument they'd been having for a month. Well, I don't give two shits, Daryl. Tomorrow, I'm going out and getting a new engine. We got money. I know you got some hidden away. Oh, ain't you want to talk? We all had our hand dipped in the pot, taking out a buck here and there to keep for our personal plans and peace of mind. It was nice to know you had a cushion to fall on for when the situation, this family, caved in. As I walked down into the town, the fog was just rolling in. By the time I'd made it to the docks, it was too thick for anything but the lighthouse to penetrate. I liked the feeling, standing there as though Bakersburn and the whole world were gone. I followed the shoreline up the cliffs where I could pretend I was anywhere else. And maybe when the fog cleared, I'd be standing a thousand miles away on new shores. I followed the cliffs up and around, listening to the waves knocking against the rocks below 
And then I saw a light down in the junkyard. The junkyard was what we called the beach on the other side of the cliffs. It had always been rife with litter and rusting metal scraps. Mostly kids used it as a place to get high. I hadn't been down there since high school. I followed the winding path down towards the muddy sand where a campfire had been lit. Yo, anyone here? No one replied, so I went and stood beside the fire. It was no scout's fire. It was fueled by random debris and stunk like burning seaweed. In the flames, I could make out a doll's head, a metal pipe, and some clamshells that had been sucked dry. Gross. And from behind me, someone laughed as a cold hand gripped my shoulder. My whole body tensed, ready to kick some drunk in the nuts and then push him into the fire before bolting. I twisted my head back, flinching at the man's chewed-up face. He had no eyelids or lips, so could only stare and smile with a mouth half full of yellow teeth and black gums. You know, he said, You've got the likes of a dog that's been sitting in the rain too long. And you're one ugly bastard. He laughed again, giving a good spray of spittle. You're right about that. Wish I could say I'd be prettier in my youth, but I've been an ugly bastard since the day I was born. He let go of my shoulder and paced around the fire. As he moved, I could hear the click-clacking of bones and noticed how... Loosely, his clothes hung off his body. Though no one who knew me then is alive enough to say. It was tough to tell, but he seemed like he was grinning. And everyone just calls me Captain these days. Anywho. Captain of what? He pointed off into the ocean, and the fog receded to reveal a full-rigged wooden ship. Captain of the twice-sunken homebody. I stared out. The hull was perforated with holes and one of the masts was a broken stump. It certainly looked like it had been sunken twice. The ship no one has ever seen and lived to tell. His eyes were bearing down on me from across the fire. And does that mean you'll be killing me now or wait until I run? Well, that depends. See, a bunk just opened up on board. And if you fancy the life of... I'll take it. When do we leave? Ha! He sent more spittle flying into the flames between us. Straight to it. But there's one little thing I need from you first. His hand whipped out a blade from his belt and flipped it round so that the handle pointed towards me. This here's an unbloodied knife made by unbloodied hands. All I need from you is to drive this into the heart of someone you hate and the heart of someone you love. Come back before the sun rises and we'll see about having that bunk filled, eh? I held his gaze for a couple moments. 
then grabbed the knife and made my way back up the cliffs. Behind me, the ever-smiling captain began to sing a shanty. There's a knife in my side and a bullet in my neck. The flags are torn to shreds and the ship's a fucking mess. We'll sail until we drown and we'll sail until we're dead. Then hop back up the rigging and a sail a fucking again. I walked the cliffs and made my way through town, never bothering to conceal the knife. No one was about tonight. Every house was dark. It wasn't until I stood in the doorway of Ma and Pop's room that my feet faltered, and I started to think again. I thought about being eight and going out to sea with Ma, playing with crabs she pulled up, dropping them on the floor and letting them scuttle a little ways before picking them up again. I thought about how she had taught me to gut a fish and crack a crab shell just right. How, when I was 14 and out past my curfew, she had found me in the junkyard getting high and had backhanded me across the face in front of all my friends. (laughs) Then dragged me home. How, when I was 16 and came out as trans, She had refused to look me in the eyes for months. How now, when I talked to her about wanting to leave Bakersburg, threatened to cut me off and disown me. And then, my feet were moving again, and I was standing above Ma, the blade angled between two ribs. My hands were shaking my heart thudding loud enough that I was surprised it didn't wake her. I held the knife there for maybe a minute, maybe an hour, until Ma shifted in her sleep, and I plunged the knife down, putting all my weight into it. Ma's eyes split open as she gasped and writhed. Her hands went for my throat. I made no attempt to back away. I was still pushing the blade in as she squeezed the breath from me. We fell to the floor with her weight and muscles pinning me down until finally her grip loosened and her body slumped. I rolled her to the side. My shirt soaked through with blood and looked up to where Pop stood across the bed. His eyes were vacant and fixed on Ma's unmoving body. I froze, but he made no motion towards me. He let me stand before staring me down. No hate or love in his eyes. His look told me one thing, that I was to leave now and not come back. And that is what I did. It took me a couple of attempts to pull the knife from Ma's chest, though. I had to wriggle it back and forth a few times to get it loose. I had no idea the time, but it was still deep in the night. And I didn't question whether the captain would be at the junkyard when I got back because the fog was still thick. As long as the fog was real and here... So would be the captain, and the homebody, 
and the bloodied knife in my grip. I moved through town and over the cliffs, back to the muddy sands of the junkyard where he was waiting. The fire still lit, but dwindling. Ah, he said as I handed over the knife. I've known some to come back as frauds, wasting the blade's first taste on a chicken or a goat. But this... He gave the knife a lick with his black tongue. There's no faking blood like this. I didn't reply. I wanted to get on the ship and leave this town. I wanted to know I hadn't done it for nothing. Well then, our deal? He put out a hand, and I reached out my own. I couldn't meet his eyes. The way they bulged from their sockets bore into me. And now, my voice broke as I said it. Then, his grip tightened and yanked me forward as his other hand swung the knife up into my heart. And now, we must welcome you to the crew, Michaela. I did not push or fight back. I let the blade plunge into me, let the blood drain as my chest burned and my eyes unfocused. And with what little strength I had left, I whispered into the fog, fuck you. Baker's burn. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Crab Bucket was written by CJ Bubbles, narrated by Erica Ventura, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Chris Zabriskie, Mayu, and Tom Robson. A sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Follow more of CJ Bubbles' work at bubblyboy, boy spelled B-O-I, dot com, bubblyboy.com. Eric Ventura is a mother narrator and visual artist and an animal husbandry technician. How does she manage it all? No idea, but her artwork can be seen on Instagram at, at E-F-V-E-N-T-U, where you can visit her artist page, facebook.com forward slash bioartsy. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. You can join our book club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. T-shirts and mugs and posters are available at gumroad.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.